Hello and welcome to the NRL Supercoach Champions podcast. I'm Joe Fitz. Well, it's not often you can double your score from the previous week and still be disappointed with the result, but we're all living in Manu country, where we all witnessed a truly rare event. No, not Joey's hero ball actually helping the Roosters win. I'm talking about a VC loophole working out for once. And here with me to discuss how only 4.2% of super coaches vice captain Manu, but 100% of opponents in our head-to-head leagues did, it's Wilf. Yeah, it was uh, kind of surprising. I didn't think the vice captaincy percentage was so low because it felt like everyone we looked at in our head-to-head leagues had the VC on Manu. I still feel like nearly everyone I know has done it, like nearly everyone, including my younger brother who don't like doesn't I haven't spoken to him about that. Just he's not like a hardcore super coach, you know what I mean? So I just feel like everyone's I don't know if that percentage is right. It's probably the, cra- right. The, the crazy thing is that all three of us put the VC on him and we didn't talk about it at all. We talk about plenty of things during the week, offline, you know, online yep. during the podcast, but we all did it completely independently and yeah, for once the VC loophole worked out. I mentioned um, this early on the experience. All three of us um, that were on didn't discuss it either. And oh, not all of us three that were on it, but me, Sabs and Mikey hadn't done it. I uh, hadn't talked about it and all did it. And I said, and all three of us champs podcasters did it. It's just weird. Like, but It is weird. So you've heard his voice. Does that stand out either? Yeah, that's true. And, and you've heard his voice, but joining us tonight is a man with a plan. Oh. A bloke going for broke, a gentle soul on a roll, a Westie who gets a bit testy, the legend who won't settle for second, the defending champ who won't fake a leg cramp. It's Tim. Mm. No, look, I'm all for that stuff. See that leg cramp thing? The big, the best highlight of my junior football career, I was only an extra in. I wasn't even the main character. But when I was in about, I think it was under eights. Was it a game on home and away? No, it was real life. And I was playing for Dommies, uh, currently known as Brothers Penrith. But look, the, we, we were actually in the grand final. And this young dude, I'll shout out to your mad dog, Matty Lee. He's probably not listening. I don't think he's a super coach, but he's a legend of a bloke. Mad dog at, at age eight, the opposition are defending the line. Matty's at dummy half, looks up and goes, look at that dead bird flying. Everyone in the defense and the referee turned around. He went, swooped and scored. Is it bad sportsmanship to confuse or is it extra skill? You know, I don't know. I thought whatever it was, I liked. Well, I guess we can all be thankful uh, because we know that if it was Latrell Mitchell, Paul Kent would have had a heart attack by now. Mm. Um, but interesting, interesting week. Uh, it was either very, very good or very, very bad, I think. Except for you, Wilf, you're 1372, pretty much the same kind of rank as last week. Yeah, <laughs> I was surprised. I thought, like, surely I'd sneak into the top 2,000. I only went up 66 spots, so kind of holding, treading water, I guess you could say. But, yeah, I'll be pushing hard. I'm, I'm not too far out the top 1K. So, you know, I think like 200-odd points, so really not too much. Uh, I think we saw this week that's one week scoring if you hit it lucky. So, yeah. that's ex- That's exactly right. Tim, fifteen thirty-eight, mate. You are absolutely on fire. Rank twenty-one. Obviously, lots of people talking about it. We've talked about the possibility going back to back, mate. But um, I don't know. You keep it pretty calm. I'm impressed with how you're doing so far. Yeah, no, no. Look, I'm not trying to get too ahead of myself. Like, obviously, going back to back was the the dream. I sort of like 
at different times of the season just sort of gave up on it, but thought, let's just still keep trying to do as well as I am. The fact that I'm so close now, I still realise I'm so far away. I'm 520 points away. There's seven rounds to go, which is still quite a lot of time, but I don't have, you know, I've got seven trades left, so I've got as many trades as there are rounds left, and I just feel like the lack of trades means the lack of moves and lacks, um, you know, sort of plays I can make. I've just sort of got to try and pick captains and get my bench right and decide, do I use my trades aggressively now or sort of a little bit more conservatively? Or well, I think the, I think the trick is just to keep doing what you're doing, mate, and, and not to overthink it. But, mm. um, you know, we talked about doing well or, or having a stinker guy, unfortunately, 1089, sliding back down the ranks after having, you know, a pretty promising kind of middle part of the year down in 7K. But what annoys me is that I got 15, 19, and I didn't even top, you know, the podcast this week, Tim. You just Sorry, still managed mate. to do that. Not only are you like a 1,000 points ahead of me, um, you know, I didn't even get to win the week, uh, week going, you know. I will say the one thing I didn't enjoy last year about winning was the amount of, like, people I sort of just shadowed and sort of, you know, the other people that did really well and sort of lost a little bit of recognition because, you know, here I am getting all the glory. So... Take your own wins, you know, and we can't all be James Tedesco and we can't all be uh, the reigning champion, Tim Moody. So, Joe, just be just be happy with your 5,000, mate. You're doing well. <laughs> I'm just kidding, bro. I'm just kidding. No, mate, that, that's very generous of you. I've certainly not heard Wilf talk about his win that way. Um, you really <laughs> just didn't care for anyone who finished second or, or 2,000th or anything, mate, you know. You just keep talking about that Jake Granville trade. I think you bring it up more than I do on this. I do actually by now, yeah. Mm. It's keeping the dream alive. All right, guys, let's uh, let's get on with it. Uh, Will, if you want to talk us through how some of our champs are going, yeah. So a bit of a mixed week for the champs. It it seems like the at the pointy end, a couple of our champs had a mediocre week. So Brendan, who is our five hundred dollars champs only bonus leader, he dropped to one hundred twenty fourth, but he's still pacing the champs. But we had a whole heap of other champs who were slightly behind him. There's like about 12 or 13 guys in the top 500 all kind of floating thereabouts. So chasing Brendan down, it's going to be a tight finish for the champs. But uh, yeah, I thought it was a weird round. So our second place for the champs right now is Jared, who's the coach of Pink Sox in 186. Our league's just kind of treading water, surprisingly. So yeah, the same leagues, like 17th, 18th, 19th, exactly the same as last week. And same goes for the Podmasters Cup. So yeah, uh, I guess it's not too bad. I think if we're all kind of still pushing up, but it, it's I think I think the Podmasters are, are shortening the gap to that number one league, so no doubt we can hopefully chase them down before the end of the season. But look, let's jump straight into the news for this week. Yeah, plenty to get to, not only from the news front, but certainly from injury and suspension front as well, Will. We did, uh, I think we hinted about this last week, but Milford to the Dolphins. It's not official, expected to be two years. Um, how are your thoughts about that, yeah, being a number one playmaker for the Dolphins? Yeah, look, I think it's probably a sensible signing for them. They're going to get them pretty cheap. And you know, it's really funny because we think Milford's been around for ages and he's old and whatever, but he's pretty much the same, same age as Cam Munster. So there's right. still years left in him. And, like, he's not been playing that. I, I, I think Cam's got a little less tread on the tyres than that. <laughs> possibly, <laughs> possibly. But I think overall, like, you know, Milford, he's he's still a talented guy. He's sure there's been issues with attitude and professionalism and all that type of stuff. But that's in the past now. He knows he's got to play well. And, and you know, for, by all reports, the Knights have been impressed with his work ethic and 
he was, you know, he, he was offered a three-year deal with them. But uh, look, long story short, he's obviously from that uh, Brisbane Ipswich kind of area, and word is his uh, his wife wants to go back to Queensland. So you know, part and parcel of being able to go play for the Dolphins probably uh, plays a part in that one. So it'd be interesting to see how that spine ends up looking because I thought at one stage we we're going to have Sean O'Sullivan and Cody Nikarima in the halves, but now Nikarima looks like he might end up being the 14, which kind of the same role he's playing right now, isn't he? Yeah, that was his role with the Broncos and, and, you know, he played. You know, that seems to be where he's at as a footballer. So, yeah, Sean O'Sullivan halfback. It's not too bad um, depending on any other signings they get. So with Wayne Bennett there, that might be, you know, I don't think too terrible. Uh, in terms of uh, signings, Mitch Dunn, Jake Granville uh, extended for one year, so they'll play on next year. Uh, with the Cowboys, Josh Alloyer's two-year extension to 2025, and Michael Moller, who's been impressive in limited minutes this year, a two-year extension to 2024. But it's what I'm more interested in is the the impact of some of these injuries that we've had uh, last week on the Supercoach uh, environment. Look. Yeah, so we'll go, kind of go through game by game, but look, it was a rough week, lots and lots of injuries and lots of serious ones too, so... Again, NRL Physio, shout out the Magic Sponge podcast. Check it out. It's got so much detail in there. And, yeah, it's far better than anything we can do in terms of analysis and understanding the impact. He's killing it too. Top 100? Yeah. No, NRL Physio is having a great year. Uh, you know, he's not traditionally a classic guy, but he is thriving in the classic arena this year. Uh, he, he says he loves draft far more than classic, but it's ironic because while he's kicking my ass in – Classic this year, I am beating him in that same draft league that we we're in. So, you know, swings and roundabouts. But look, Cowboys and Sharks. Look, Sienna Katoa, unfortunately, seems like he's gone for the season. He yeah, subluxed his shoulder or something like that. It's pretty, pretty rough. Uh, so, we'll no doubt see someone move in for the Sharks on the wing there. For the Eels and Warriors, it was an injury free game mostly. So, that's good news for them. Roosters and Dragons, this is rough though. Another game where two Roosters go down with ACL injuries. So that's Satili Tubanua and also Billy Smith. Billy Smith is rough. This is like his third or fourth ACL and the kid's only like 22, which is, mm. yeah, it's, it's not good signs for his career. It's not like he's gone for sure, but surely there's, there, there's got to be some mental health kind of tolls at some oh, point there. Yeah, very hard to bounce back from, you'd imagine. Yeah, but look, you know, the likes of your Carl Stanley's and have done it, you know, five ACLs and still managed to retire on his own terms at the end. But yeah, pretty rough for sure. And they also lost Tauke Aho, who has a, like multiple fractures, small ones in the eye socket. So they're saying maybe it might not be that many weeks out. So apparently they healed quite quickly. It sounds terrifying to me, but yeah, only it might only be a couple of weeks. So instead of like gone for the season, which was a concern at the stage initially, Moses Sully also rolled his ankle. Still waiting to hear news on that, but uh, we'll see if he's actually going to be out of play. For the Seagulls and Knights, the Seagulls uh, dodged most of the injuries. The Knights, unfortunately, got smashed quite badly. So firstly, I mean, we, we did hear about Bradman Best. He wasn't named. He ended up going for surgery on his thumb, and he should be back in maybe two to four weeks. Dom Young and Tyson Frizzell both uh, copped rib, in, rib, rib injuries. So again, you know, we've talked a lot about them this year. It's a lot, a lot of just pain tolerance and yeah, making sure there's obviously no chance for potential longer term damage. Kurt Mann missed the game due to a cork, uh, should be back and, and ready to go for this week. And then Simi Sasangi also hurt his shoulder mid game. So the Knights really got smashed. They're, they're, they're not going through very well at all. 
Uh, thankfully, no injuries in the Titans and Broncos, uh, which was good. Tigers and Panthers, the Tigers. So Stefano Tokumanu, uh, he didn't play, but it turns out he had a fracture, uh, I think, of the scapoid. I don't know what that is, but... Yeah, again, this is why you listen to the Magic Sponge podcast, yeah, not us. But yeah, he's he's gone for a little bit, but it might not be too far away. And look, we do have to say, Storm and Raiders. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Ryan Pappenhausen. I've come to talk with you again. Sad times. Because a vision softly. Yeah, look, a patella fracture, and he's gone for the season, unfortunately. He's... Yeah, he's gone in for surgery and we're not going to see him this year. Look, again, Magic Sponge podcast, real detailed breakdown of what that actually means for him. What I'm really quite concerned about is that there may actually be long, long-term impacts on his burst and acceleration, which, I mean, that's so much of his game. So, yeah, sad times indeed. But hopefully, Ryan, we miss you. <laughs> Come back soon. <laughs> so I've done some research and the scapoid is uh, a bone that is in the thumb, wrist, and just above the radius. Okay. Well, there the you more go. you know. Learn something new every day. Harry Grant's got a glute core, which, correct me if I'm wrong, Wilf, is a technical term for a busted ass. Mm. Technically, yeah. I mean, I was going to say, Josh Adokar, we're going to talk about it. He also has a busted ass. But look, Harry obviously played and played through it. You can see on the game, you know, on the field, he was a little bit limited. But the Storm don't really have a choice right now. Queenslanders just get busted asses, mate, you know. Uh, blues players like Ado Car, they just don't understand busted asses. You know, Harry Brennan's out there playing, they just, yeah, they just don't understand it. <laughs> and I think that's enough mention of busted asses for not only this podcast, but for plenty of podcasts. Uh, keeping it moving, so uh, Chance Nickel could start. He didn't play last game. He actually aggra- aggravated his hamstring injury at training, so that's why he was missing. Nick Chotrick uh, had a leg infection, but it seems like he's recovered. He's back for this week. Elliot Whitehead was a you know, midweek withdrawal, withdrawal, bit of a fluid issue in his knee. And as we mentioned, uh, for the Bulldogs and Rabbitohs, yeah, Adokar busted ass. And Cam Murray, he was ruled out. Hey, mate, we're not speaking about that anymore, all right? <laughs> You've been warned, yeah. and I don't want to have to make an example of you. All right. Then Cam Murray, so concussion, obviously he was knocked out on, on Origin Night. And, yeah, as, as per all of those concussions, they – they're just unpredictable and they've just got to go through the protocols. We, we saw Selwyn Cobber, obviously, another one who got knocked out on Origin Night and he's been given an extended period to recover and the Broncos haven't named him this week. So he'll be back next next game, apparently. But it's because of the longer turnaround uh, with the Broncos playing first this week and you know he's got a bit of a longer gap to recover for the following week. So, yeah, it's good for the Broncos, I think, looking out for player safety. Mm. He's young well, too. You know, yeah. Exactly. they got to take care of him. They've invested him for many years. So, yeah, got to take care of that for sure. Suspensions, look, we'll keep it simple. Thanks to PVL, most of these guys were just paying fines. But Jordan Rappiner, again, two, three matches on the sideline. He's got two separate charges. One a, one's a shoulder charge, one's a careless high tackle. He's going to miss some time, basically. So, yeah, he's thankfully the only guy who will probably miss games. And, uh, yeah, nothing too exciting for... Suspensions, so let's go into the numbers. And now it's time for crunching the numbers, sponsored by Carl McGrath Accounting. If you want to make sure you're not fudging the numbers when it comes to your taxes, make sure you get Carl to help you out. So, Will, if you've done a deep dive on everyone's favourite punching bag, the West Tigers. 
Yeah, two players in particular. But before I get onto that, I did want to quickly point out we crunched some numbers last week about vice captaincy scores and captaincy scores. And I wanted to draw out, and I like to think this is what influenced me to put the VC on Manu in the end because I did very clearly highlight the best teams for captaincy were teams that were going to play the, you know, the Warriors, Knights, Tigers, Roosters, Dragons, and Eels, and specifically highlighted that there were only 17 scores over 130 and five of them came against the Dragons. So, you know, it worked a treat. So, you know, the, the Ruben Garricks of the world, the Daily Cherry Evans, probably a pretty good shout this week for the vice captain. If you're a podcast listener and you didn't vice-captain Joey Manu, it's your fault. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, Jackson Hastings and Adam Dwayhe, two guys I want to look at this week because Tigers, you know, we're not really that interested in them because they're struggling, right? But for Supercoach, sometimes you've got to look at these, you know, low, lowly-ranked teams. If we didn't talk about some of these options, we wouldn't do be doing our role as a podcast uh, to dedicated Supercoach very well. So... The reason that I'm highlighting these two guys because there was a bit of a shift in their roles this week. So Jackson Hastings ended up playing in, well, starting at lock, playing in the 13, and he played the full 80 minutes. I don't believe all of it was in the middle, but you know, most of it was. And, you know, Hastings, he's been really important for the Tigers. So on the field, he's been pretty much their on-field general. Touches the ball 90 to 100 times a game. Lots of it's to pass around, but directing the team and kicking and all of that type of stuff. What was really interesting is that even though he was playing lock, he was still doing a lot of that. So they obviously have Brooks and Dwayne in the halves, but Hastings was still touching the ball a lot and doing a lot of like actual in-game kicking. Plus, he got through a lot of work. So scored 55 in base this week. Lots and lots of touches, as I mentioned. But he actually averaged, sorry, scored 73 in base and base attack this week. And he had just one try, try assist on top of that for a score of 86 or whatever it was. So really impressive. Obviously, we'll have to see if that continues, but I really wanted to flag that because if he's going to get a, a floor of, you know, 55 to 65 and base and base attack most weeks, plus touch the ball as much as he does and still get the kicking and the potential force dropouts and stuff, he's in a really high traffic kind of position for Supercoach being, you know, halfback 5'8", but he's also quite cheap comparative to a lot of the other options and this kind of scoring might be quite unprecedented because we don't really have that type of ball playing lock who also does all the kicking and directing of the team around and can ball play the way he does so yeah just thought i'd flag that it's unique for sure yeah definitely and just a real, real quick point out uh pointer of adam Dwayne. so first game i named it centers played at 5 8 scored 56 in base and base attack plus six points in goal kicks last year averaged about 39 in base and base attack when he played in the sixth jersey for the tigers so you know, there's a chance that he's going to be there and averaging 40 to 50, 55 in base attack, base attack plus the goal kicking. And he's available at center wing this year. So, you know, he's still super expensive because obviously he had a great season and has only played three games so far. So there could be some more price drops on the way. But, you know, soon enough, he's going to be a really tasty kind of price tag and real good pod because... I'm mean, actually, no, he's only 530K already. He's dropped a heap in, in those games. Sorry, he's played four now. Uh, fresh off at 87, break even of 71. So it might even be this week that you might need to look at him if you are going to take the risk. But, I mean... No, you could wait another week at 71 if you're that worried about him going up in price. I mean, you're not going to pay a great deal more. If he scored 120, you'd pay him. But he's owned by 516 teams right now in all of Supercoach. 
only 516 teams own Adam Twaite. You only do that if you think that he's going to have an absolute blind up, rip it up against the Cowboys, who are a super awesome defensive side, who are coming off a loss last week against uh, the Cowboys. So you'd think that they'd want to be up for this one. Yeah, look, it's a tough matchup. But... I, will, I just think Todd's are great, but I only do it if you generally think he's the guy that's going to probably score more in that position. Like, if you're going put him in the centres and you think, oh, do I want him? Or, but you're maybe going to pass up on To'o or maybe pass up on another guy who's really hot on a lot of people's lips is Val Holmes. Just look at which one you think's more likely to be in more scoring positions. I think probably you'd think if the Cowboys are playing better footy, then, you know, Val Holmes is probably going to have more scoring opportunities, but maybe not touch the ball as much because he's in the centres as opposed to Dewey who's in the middle and 5'8 and stuff. So, yeah, it's tough. Yeah, no, totally agree. Like, I mean, for me, I, I most likely will get Val Holmes this week over Dwayne, but I just sort of throw it out there because I know some people are... I had him last year and he was great, man. And, and Tigers was still not a good side. But I don't know, it just doesn't feel as attractive this year for some reason. It might just be the fact that, you know, they have an interim coach in there at the moment. And mm. it, it's obviously, they're, they're probably going worse this year than they were last yeah, year. Yeah, true. Like true. I said, there's a few shifting, uh, you know, parts for the Tigers. I thought they overall looked better. And like I said, just wanted to flag that in there. Uh, for those who, you know, the super pod hunters uh, who, who really mm. like that type of stuff. But look, thanks again to Carl McGrath Accountant. Find him on Facebook at Carl McGrath Accountant or Twitter at Carl M Accountant. Uh, if you haven't done your taxes yet, definitely get in there. You know, you'll obviously be able to legally maximize your tax refund, whether it's just basic uh, tax returns or accounting for things like rental properties, capital gains on share trading or crypto even. Carl can help you out and record everything correctly. And look, no job is too big or too small. So whether it's just like an individual tax return or if you want to get uh, your business's tax returns done or whatever, even through a company, partnership or trust, Carl can help you out and even if it's just ongoing kind of uh, accountant work or bookkeeping like bass lodgements and data entry, stuff like that, Kyle can do all of that too. So Kyle, again, wanted me to flag. He's got a special for the Supercoach Champions podcast at the moment, and that's $99 for a basic tax return. And even if you don't have a basic tax return, need a bit more complexity to it, uh, Kyle promises he'll look after you on price and we'll always have a bit of a chat for Supercoach with you guys as well. But let's jump straight to our strategy for this week. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. All right, Timmy. Perhaps out for the season's the biggest news uh, out of the previous week. So talk us through what your thoughts are in terms of a good replacement to get in, mate. Obviously, we're going to talk some fairly highly owned people, but there's still a majority of players that don't have your Nathan Clearies or Monsters, all the other options, mate. Uh, What's kind of catching your eye? Yeah, so look, it's really team dependent. Obviously, come down to who you've actually already got in your side. If you don't, if you already got the guys I'm going to mention, you can't bring them in again. Um, so I'll try to cover a few different names that might be helpful uh, for all scenarios. But the other, the other thing I say about team dependent is you might not have the flexibility that some other teams do. Like, say you've got Nico Hines at halfback currently, you can easily, you know, sell Pappenhaus and move Nico Hines down, and then you can get yourself. A halfback, you can get yourself, you know, DCE, Jerome Hughes, Cleary if you don't have him, Mitch Moses, you know, go, go down the list. You might even find one or two other handy names. Then, you know, depending on how much more flexibility you've got from there, you might still have, say, like an Ezra Mam or someone who's um, got half 5'8". He's got half 5'8", doesn't Ezra Mam? 
Yep. 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 So you might be able to then sell um, Hines, move Hines down to fullback, move Mam up to halfback, and then target 5'8". So you could then look at the likes of Munster, Drinkwater, Cody Walker. Who am I forgetting? There's another one with a big name. Dillbags. Dillbags, yep. Yeah. So those are the sort of things. I mean, for me, Teddy stands out for – I'm one of those on the flip side where I don't have that flexibility. My halves are straight halves. My 5.8s pretty much straight 5.8s at the moment. And, yeah, full wax, straight full wax. So I think I'm going to have to go from uh, Pappenhausen to Teddy makes sense, I think. I sold Teddy reluctantly just recently to do my super moves over the buy period, but I think I'd like to have him back. So, And, and you're obviously up to pointing it, mate, as we discussed earlier. I mean, how much does ownership percentage play a role in these kind of decisions where, you know, let's say hypothetically Teddy is a 5% better play you think but you know someone like Latrell has a third of the ownership Mm. how do you weight that kind of stuff I think if I couldn't split two players you know I might go with one that has the lower percentage but if I was more confident in one it's like yeah no he's just better and you know he's got when you weight up all the options if you feel say you're more confident about Teddy because you've gone like yeah Teddy's you know the Bruce's for me the pros you know that they'll should Time they run well into the finals and start playing really good footy. Teddy touches the ball twice as much as Latrell, all these sorts of things. And then you look at Latrell, but then you can go, oh, but Latrell's, you know, made claims to staying um, with the Bunnies and not doing the Origin this year to help them go. And he's done a documentary and he's gone overseas. And it's all about, there's a lot of vibe at the moment. So, again, you just got to weigh up those pros and cons for yourself. I, I think ultimately, I don't pay too much attention to who's above me and what they've got. Um, like, if the guy in first, I'd, I refuse to look at his side because it would put me off. You know what I mean? So if, 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 say, he's got the two, three, or three guys that I next want to target to bring in, it's not going to face me. If I looked at his side, I'd still bring those guys in that I wanted to and still think that I can still catch him. Not to beat him, but I can still make up the – if I'm 520 points, I could maybe catch up half of that. You know what I mean? By just picking two more better captains than him over the next seven rounds, maybe we, you know, pick similar ones, and then I'd find a two pod captains, and then maybe get my bench right a little bit more than him. Maybe he, you know, leaves out one of those, like leaves out a Targo who scores a one twenty five and plays, you know, someone like a Stags who ends up getting you that twenty. That like, like I've got these sorts of players, and these things happen week after week. So there's ways to to beat people with exactly the same side. Yeah, that's fair enough. So, well, Tim went through a whole bunch of big names and obviously at this point of the season, a lot of us have somewhere between 20 and 22 in, you know, what we call our final team. What would you suggest is kind of the the best reserve makeup? I mean, fullback and somewhere in the halves would, would traditionally be you'd have at least two um, of your four reserves there. But, but how's 2022 shaping up from that respect? Yeah, I, I get the feeling, and I don't know, maybe it's because of recency bias with what happened last week just then. Like, there is a chance we might be getting much closer to what we saw at the end of 2021. And obviously, that was insane scoring and off the charts kind of attacking stats. Maybe, you know, it's not quite as extreme as what we saw last year. So I kind of feel like you want to have that upside. And, and you know, the, when I think about it, like focusing on the spine positions, you want to have your Harry Grants. And, and at a hooker, you want to have Cleary and Munster, I think they stand out to me. 
Mm. And I know they're going to be super high ownership, but I feel like there's sometimes where when they're that high ownership, but they're also that good and that much better than next to best options. You just got to, that's just an area you don't want to go for the antipod play, so to speak. A part of me says you can fade one if you've got a gut feeling about one of those key three or four positions. Maybe towards the end. Like I feel like with this many weeks left. So, Probably not. A bit risky, yeah. yeah, I think there's, you know, if you're counting from round 19 and round 25, I'd still back those guys to be able to score. I'm only saying that because I'm probably going to have to fade one of them just with the amount of trains and <laughs> different stupid moves I think I'm going to pull back and, Maybe. and sideways. And back I'll and let you work that out and, and you don't have to announce it to everybody on the podcast. So that's... I've still got no idea, so I'll still try to let you know where I'm at. Yeah, You're close enough that I think no one's going to blame you if you do keep mum on, on a couple of those things. But I do feel, and this is just for me, like I think you need at least one of Tedesco or Luttrell uh, or both, potentially if you can set it up. So if you do that, then mm. I think you want to probably just play the one hooker. I don't think it's worthwhile unless you have both Grant and Cook. You could roll with the two. I think you're going to want to have at least, you know, again, Cleary. And if you got Hines at reserve halfback or whatever, then I'd, I'd roll out both those guys most weeks, if not every week. Then I do think there's potential at the reserve 5-8 spot. So if Munster's one of your spots and then, there's a fair range of options. You know, you ran through a heap of them before, Tim. You know, your your dill bags, your Cody Walkers, your drink waters, they're all viable options on a matchups basis. And then again at fullback, you know, if you've got your Teddy and Troll options, or if you've got one of each of those guys, and then you can go a bit more left field like I hearing a lot of Kalen Ponga buzz and uh, you know, guys like that, which again I get it, like there's some potential to mix things up a little bit. But for me, I feel like you want to have at least three spine positions as a reserve mm. so most weeks i'm going to be rolling out like like what post trades i'm going to have in my spine spots i'm going to have cleary Hines, dylan brown munster uh and tedesco and you know right now i still got ezra man but i might he might be traded out this week i'm not sure yet but if that is the case then i'll be rolling out three of those guys basically as one of my reserves and then you know maybe a center wing maybe a forward just for safe points so that's kind of how I see it. Like I want to make sure my team's structured in that kind of – it's a little bit vanilla, a little bit cookie cutter, but I just – like at oh, the end of I'm it, much it's... the same. In short, I'll just do my half, 5'8", fullback as my three lock-ins, as my backup reserves, and then probably a centre wing. And then sometimes I'll swap that uh, fourth spot of the centre wing to a second row or a prop if I want a bit of conservativeness and try to take a 50 because it feels a bit like a weird week. But, yeah, yeah, that's, that's a pretty similar deal. Interesting. So lots of, you know, interesting kind of makeup. And, and as Tim, you're fond of saying, it is so dependent on your specific needs for your team. So we're kind of forced to give, you know, somewhat general advice um, in this. Yeah, especially too, like you might have like five, oh, well, that's, I mean, I'll exaggerate, three backs from the one side and you think well maybe i don't want to bring in the halfback from that side yeah he's scoring okay but i might not put all my eggs in one basket and have now four players from that team in case COVID goes down or in case that team has a bad game and they all score bad so yeah team dependent hedge hedge your bets sometimes in those sorts of regards too so you're telling me i shouldn't roll out cleary and Taylor may as a target is a different man you could i reckon <laughs> i reckon you could probably win super coach just uh playing with the Panthers. Spoken like a true Panthers fan. Yeah. So speaking of Panthers, we've got, um, you know, the last thing we wanted to touch on in this strategy segment was getting some low ownership pod suggestions, you know, from everyone here. And 
and, and you know, to, to kick it home. And, you know, if you've got nothing to play for but your head-to-head comp, mm. um, you, know, you want to have these point of differences when you're getting into the semis, you know, to, to help kick you home. I'll start off, and I mentioned Panthers. We talked about a lot of fullbacks. The fullback that we haven't spoken about uh, is Dylan Edwards. You know, he's averaging 65, 66. Okay, he doesn't have the ceiling of a teddy, but, you know, he's only 6.1% owned, 654k you know very reasonably priced for what you get and he's a panther they're going to score a lot of points and if he's on the end of you know a couple of cleary passes you know one particular week he can be a game winner don't you think to me i love dylan brown he seems like a lovely bloke edwards yeah he seems like a great guy uh he's also a good footy player he serves a job for us but he doesn't have the pizzazz that you want for Super coach, you don't want to be yeah rolling your dice with him who has that less you know, less pizzazz and finesse. Yeah, that's that's probably true. All right, well, well, how about I'm I'm sure you've got a couple of low ownership pod suggestions, mate. What who's your guy that you want to put forward? I mean, I already threw out Adam Dwayne, so I won't say him again. But I genuinely feel he's a real just that ownership is so low, and he has such a great ceiling, and we saw it last year. And we're seeing the start of it already. I mean, yes, he's coming off a pretty serious injury, but he took his time rehabbing. It seems like he's really looked after himself. So like, I don't hate taking that punt because he's quite reasonably priced. He's got an interesting dual position as well. Uh, but you're right. This week may not be the week to jump on because of that tough matchup he's got. He's in the last game of the round too. I know a lot of hype about Val Holmes, but I do think Murray Talangi needs to be looked at a little bit. His ownership is much lower plays right next to Val. Obviously, doesn't have the goal kicking, but he's going to score more tries. And he scored plenty already this year. And he's, you know, he's a freak. Like, some of the stuff he's done, I mean, how who could forget that diving over the goal line, over the sideline, offload for Drinkwater, just, you know, surprisingly caught the ball and just popped it down. No one else thought that was going to happen except Murray Talangi. So, you know, someone like that, I'd, I'd, I'd love to have in my team. So Yet again, another reminder, if anyone tells you that, Back in the day, the game used to be more skillful. Show them that clip and cut yeah. them upside the head. Yeah, absolutely. I don't. I can't see anyone back in the day being able to do something like that. It's just athletically incredible. Look, I've got a lot of center wings. I could keep going, but uh, I think, yeah. Tim, I'll throw it over to you. Also, you've got a lot. I don't have a great deal stream to mind. There's one that just sort of came to my mind now. And it's only because I kind of, I reckon the Roosters are going to make the grand final. I'm big on them preseason. I know they've had a tough year. Haven't really performed as well, but I still think they've got it in them. Um, so I reckon that means they're going to have a good run. So maybe uh, he's not someone I'd be bringing in, but we're talking about super pods. Is Sammy Walker? He had a big week last week. Every no one's really looking at him. There's a lot of other names in that mix. So he would be a super pod. He's in a great team. When we're talking about pizzazz and finesse, this guy's got that. So and he's actually. His goal kicking boots on for once. But yeah, I'm not encouraging. I'm not. I'm not pushing it. So people that are like, "Oh, Timmy's just oh yeah, I might do that." I'm not pushing it. But if you, I don't hate it. You know what I mean? I, I'd probably prefer to have. I'd definitely prefer to have Munster, and I'd probably prefer to have Dylan Brown, Drinkwater, or Cody walk over him as well. But only because he can have those small issue ones. But other than that, the only other one I'll mention is a pod that my sister picked up last week. Wasn't a great fan of it, but it sort of did all right for her. Luciano Leilua. He's got a weird role because he's obviously new to the club. Her pro for that was that uh, new club, 
good player. Might go better there than he did at the Tigers, but he, he, I think he's probably going to end up finding his way back to the bench. But unless he's just – he looked good in parts last week. He's playing prop this week. I don't know if that's just to suit convenience or maybe that might get moved around. But He'll probably play Locke and Tamla will actually play prop. You know, which has which has happened a little bit, but um, yeah, that, that's I find that that's a really interesting call. We we tend to be talking, you know, in these pods, we're talking about a lot of the high ceiling players, fullbacks, centre wings, halves, etc. Someone I wanted to call out, you know, at the at the just under five hundred k mark, a lot of people will be going to Payne Haas, I think, who probably doesn't have the ceiling of this player, four ninety four k. He's averaging just shy of 60 despite coming back from a couple of big injuries is Josh Curran. You know, we saw what he did last year. He's 2% owned uh, for sub 500K. You know, if you're trying to get a, a Cleary or get Luttrell in or Garrick or, you know, someone and you can only afford kind of someone at the top of mid-range, you can't go to, you know, a Ryan Madison or someone like that. I mean, you can do a lot worse than Josh Curran because we've seen that bloke has a very, very high ceiling uh, when the Warriors are on. It's interesting because I I kind of agree sometimes when you're looking at these cut price players, like you need to pot up because you can't get the premiums, and especially when trades are low and money's low. So I I don't mind that either of those shouts. I mean, Lucy's like 393K. Yeah, but last week he started because the Origin boys didn't back up. This week he's starting uh, because someone's who's missing from the equation. Um, the it's the fella McQueen, isn't it? Is he yeah. missing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe once the play, you know, he goes back to that bench role, and that's a bit of a headache. That that could be a bit of a headache. So that's why, yeah, I don't think that's a great. I think Joe's mentioned probably a bit better. Curran's Curran Curran's certainly got the job security, hasn't he? But um, but look, I'm a big believer at this point of the year. If if you know. Tim, you were talking about being 50-50. I'm, I'm even kind of go 55-45. I'm a big fan of prioritising uh, slight variance guys just to, just to help you help you help kick you home because there is a risk. Maybe not this year. Uh, I think this year there's a lot of variety in, in in the teams, but you know, in previous years there's been a little bit of a cookie cutter aspect to teams. So if you can have those one or two pods that almost no one else kind of in your area has, you can really kick on. Uh, and make a big difference. Sometimes those one or two pods can be the weaknesses in your team that make you fall behind too, so consider that. Often they're low ownership for a very good reason. That's a really good point, Tim, but uh, look, guys, I think we've covered this in detail. Let's take a quick break. Champions. Crotch discomfort hurting a game? Fear no more. The kings of crotch comfort, Manscaped, have spent two years designing the most comfortable boxer briefs out there. Sleek. Soft, comfortable and flexible, the brand new Boxers 2.0 from Manscaped take your balls to the royal ball throne. And global leaders in below-the-waist grooming have the Lawnmower 4.0 for the trimming, so you can wear Boxers 2.0 for the chillin'. They're even trademarked with the uh, dual pouch so you know it's serious. Uh, I think it's time to invest in your family jewels. So let's bulge breathe and get 20% off plus free shipping by using the code CHAMPIONS at manscaped.com. Their fourth generation trimmer features cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe, which is trademark technology. 
the Lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof and also has a 400k LED spotlight. Beyond ball cleaning, Manscaped is focused on ball comforting with the new Boxes 2.0. Boost confidence everywhere you are, knowing you're wearing the absolute best pack for your sack. These boxes are a great changer and features include the micro model fabric is buttery soft and it's breathable, keeping your cucumber cool. Walk, run, strut. These moisture wicking boxes breathe without breaking a sweat. The tagless waistband hugs your body without digging in and it lays flat against your skin to reduce chafing. Now that one's a big one for me, guys. The tag. The tag's always annoying. And I must say, ever since having these, I haven't got a pair for every day. I've only got three pairs so far. So I Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday is my three favorite days of the week. And then the rest of the days, you know, I'm wearing my old undies and I feel a little bit not as happy. So I'm going to be, have to be hitting up Manscaped for another four, making myself never settle for second best. Get 20% off plus free shipping with our code CHAMPIONS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with our code CHAMPIONS at manscaped.com. Up your crotch game, because once the boxes 2.0 touch a sack, you'll never go back. Steven, I like your hustle. That's why it was so hard to cut you. Congratulations, the rest of you made the team. Except you, you and you. Okay, guys, teams uh, list some interesting uh, clashes for the week, starting with Eels Broncos. Eels desperate for a win. Broncos wanting to solidify that top four spot. Not a lot there other than uh, Haas being back and the Broncos origin stars backing up, although Jake Turpin, uh, some of our chance favourite Bronco, uh, starts at the nine and Corey Pake's back from injury for the Bronx. And Maddo at Lockwilf, probably the, the standout for the Eels. Yeah, definitely. He's a huge in, but because of the nature of what he's coming back from injury-wise, I think if you don't have him, I'd be very keen to just wait a week, see how he shapes up, see his minutes, and, and if there's any lingering issues with that rib injury. If you've got him, I think you don't really have a choice unless you have a lot of depth, but chances are if you've got him, you're going to have to roll him out this week. But there's a few names on that extended bench where I'm like looking, well, Tamari Martin, if he's still uh, recovering from injury, because I definitely, um, I'm sensing that he's going to come back in unless Tessie has an absolute brainer, but like he's played well with ball in hand, but some of the tries we conceded last week were definitely due to Tessie not being in the right position, and that's been the criticism on him all season. So I, I get the feeling Martin's superior kind of uh, contributions overall will get him that number one jersey again. Long term, I think Tessie's a centre. I tend to agree. Uh, next game, Dragons Sea Eagles. Jerbo's out with COVID. A bit of a shame. Sipley at lock, which... You know, I would have expected maybe Marty Tapao to get a to get a run on, but his kind of future at Manly might be a bit. You know, was future as a, a star uh, option in the front row and the middles probably in the rearview mirror. Uh, Moses and Bai comes into the centre for Moses Suley, who's injured as we covered earlier. Tim, anything jumping out at you with this game? Yeah, look, I, I'm a Lomax owner. I was pretty close to selling Lomax last week for whoever I brought in. Oh, for feeder. But I ended up selling Karaz. Banked me less money. But, yeah, look, it wasn't because I thought Lomax was a worse player than Karaz. That's why I was going to sell Lomax first. It was just because he was worth more money and stuff. And, look, I don't know. The thing I'm kind of thinking now is maybe with Suli out, do they target Lomax's side more and give him more ball? 
kind of like how with the Sharkies, with Talakai being out the last couple of weeks, Ramian's had two blinders, right? So I'm like, does that mean like maybe Lomax isn't as much of a sell in my mind now and I should just try riding out a bit? So, yeah, it's an awkward one. That's the only thing that's sort of popping out for that game, I guess, because he's the only player... Uh, that I own or would consider owning in that team for the most, yeah. The only other call-out I'd make in this game is uh, we haven't mentioned Ruben Garrick as an option uh, for Pappenhausen. He's got that Nico Hines-like ability to not seem like he's doing much on the field and then you kind of look up and he's got 80 and and then he does something spectacular off the back of it. So, you know, Garrick. I don't like Garrick for for Teddy just because you can put Garrick into the centre wings. So if you were going to buy him, you'd still and you still were going to put him into your centre wing, that would mean you still need to slot someone else into your fullback. So maybe if you, like, sold Teddy, bought Garrick, put Garrick into centre wing... Oh, that's not going to work. To, to be clear, you're, you're saying not sell Teddy, you sell Papperhouse. And- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can get the names mixed up sometimes, but I know what I mean, but sometimes what I mean doesn't come out of my mouth. Sorry about that for the confusing... Listen. All good nights, Roosters. Not much doing, I think, for the nights. Uh, a couple of those outs that we've mentioned already, although I am someone who's held on to Mitch Barnett after he nearly tunned up in the in the third buy round, or sorry, the Origin 3 buy. Um, might be time to go because he's just not anywhere near as effective at lock as he is on the edge. For the Roosters, plenty of troops to welcome back. Here he's back. Maria Hargrave's back. Uh, Lodges at prop. For Takiaho, Manu's at the centre, but might miss. I, you know, unfortunately, his ceiling just doesn't seem to be quite the same as what it is uh, when he's playing fullback or five eighth. Uh, is it well? And the, they are saying though that they're definitely going to. You know, he might defend at centre, but in attack, he's going to be roaming. He's going to be potentially at five eighth. So something to keep in mind, definitely for those. Obviously, still considering if they need to get him in or not, because. I mean, the Roosters are obviously building. They need to win and win big so they can build build up that uh, for and against. This is one of the games where probably they're going to try to rack up a score, right? So I'd hate to be without Manu this week, even if he is, you know, back at centre. Yeah, no, definitely agree. Raiders, Warriors, uh, not much doing at the Raiders. There are a few uh, ins uh, to account for injuries and suspensions, as we've mentioned. Uh, Tarpana is probably the, the one outstanding super coach relevant player for your yeah. final teams. But Reese Walsh dropped and uh, Dejan Arcee's coming at 5'8 after a starring role in the Reggies, moves uh, Harris Davida to fullback. Tim, anything jumping out at you here? Mm, yeah, I, I don't know what that... I was just talking to the other boys about this one, um, and it's a weird move. The thing is, like, I was like, oh, initially I was like, oh, they're just moving Walsh out because he's going to a new club. But then I was like, oh, hold on. Harris Davida ain't even playing for the club next year. Let alone play he's for reti- the yeah, he's so retiring. It's not to focus on the future of the club, there must be something that they've seen that they don't like it, but that doesn't make sense. I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I don't want to speculate on it. It just doesn't make sense to me. The Broncos will take him early. Send him across. <laughs> no, I think we we probably neglected to mention Torhu Harris as a bit of a pod because his ownership is super low. Sure, he's been a bit disappointing, but it's hard to argue against the last two weeks. He's been an absolute beast. Looks just as good as he did last year before he got hurt. So, you know. My eyebrows are still singed from bringing him in for the first five days. <laughs> How so. much cheaper is he than Tarpany for those people that are keen on Tarpany? Well, Torhu's only about 566000 So only a little bit of a step up. I mean, he's not like, you know, Yekihan Murray's around 580. David Feeder's not too far off either. So 
you know, there's a few names around there, but if you've got a little bit more in the bank than say like your 500, 520 or whatever that you might spend on Josh Curran, I think Torhu at 566 is quite a lot of value. Yeah, 120K cheaper than Tarpane as well, although I wouldn't rely on the attacking stats from last week that Tohu got. Uh, Panther Sharks, I mean, if, if you've got the Panthers, you're playing them. All the Origin guys are back, and Talakai comes back into the centres for the Sharkies. Uh, Nakora's on the edge, pushing Wilton to the bench and Katoa being out. Uh, for that extended period means kind of Tracy goes to a wing. I mean, it's like I said, Wolf, isn't it? If you've got the Panthers, you're playing them every week. Yeah, absolutely. And I know the Sharks have been, you know, you look at the numbers and you look at the points they've conceded and things like that. They actually have been pretty tight supercoach-wise. They don't concede many big scores. But when you really dig deeper into their draw, they've had such a dream run and they're continuing to have a dream run. Like they had just they just haven't played very many good teams, and a lot of the good teams they played like they they beat the Eels in round two, they beat the Seagulls in round seven, and uh, they beat the Storm you know in round seventeen. Origin depleted, they beat the Cowboys, rested seven guys in round eighteen. So yeah, sure on paper they've they've got those wins under their belt, but you know they've lost twice to the Broncos. They got flogged by the Roosters. This is when the Roosters weren't playing very well either. So to me, I think I wouldn't be worried about going up against the Sharks if they're a good team, like the, the Panthers obviously are. So mm. I'm just playing on my mind a little bit because I kind of am respecting the Sharks, kind of seeing that they were able to play well last week against the Cowboys. Cowboys are more of a defensive side than an attacking side, I guess, but they're kind of attacking as well. But I don't know. A part of me thinks maybe there is – you could get creative and sit one of them. Like last week, if you had a Sat May, you're a genius. Mortalo only scored about 30s for, on the left wing – yeah, look, maybe you could leave out. I, 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 I feel like maybe Tago's week to go quiet and May will go big this week. So maybe you could leave one out and play one. If you've got heaps of depth, there's a lot of people that struggle to... Like, if you're looking at a matchup and you might find someone's got cooler, someone showed me cool, I'm like, maybe he's a play over over a Panthers guy like a May. Maybe. Just because he could get a couple of tries and easier, like more chances to score tries. Yeah, I don't hate that, honestly, because... Cole has been killing it. He's playing so well. Like massively Just to throw my name the, out there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, massively passing the eye test. So I can certainly understand that. I guess at the same time, I just feel like, you know, all the origin contingent are coming back. So mm. they're gonna be ripping in. You know, they're probably still burning like from the loss uh in game three. You know, holiday, a lot of them went off. I think McCleary went off to Bali, so he'll be well rested and ready to rip in. So I I, I mean, despite the Sharks matchup. Captain Cleary is a definite option this week, I reckon. Yeah, definitely for me as well. Rabbitoh Storm is the next game. Uh, speaking of Origin Stars, Murray and Cook are back in the team, uh, pushing David Mwale to the interchange. Big news, though, uh, Jarty, Cartwright starting at centre. So what was going to be an absolute A nightmare might actually make a bit of cash for that, uh, maybe that final trade out, uh, Tim. I don't, yeah. Like, it seems like they're all lingering around kind of in one shape or another, huh? Except Hosking. At least Hosking's dropped out of the 17 this week. <laughs> oh, he played last week, though, didn't he? Yeah. Ironically, he's probably been the most impressive of the so-called, uh, you know, one-and-dones. The- yeah, he's a goer. I like him. Oh, it's, it's incredible. Like, I, he's played so much better than all of his form and reserve grade and all the numbers pointed to. So, look, it's, it's a great player just stepping up to the uh, NRL, the main stage. Give him an origin jersey. I <laughs> don't know about that, but 
Look, I have to say he's played well enough to maybe get himself a, a, a spot on the bench for the Broncos, honestly, which is I would have never expected that to happen. Yeah, and they, I mean the Broncos do have depth in that position. You know, obviously Brendan Pierre-Curis, some have called him the next Zach Hoskin. Um, so, you know, Broncos blessed with depth. They're over at the Storm. My favourite, Nick Meany, we haven't mentioned him as a pod, but he's only 5% owned. Um, and, he, you know, any goal kicker for the Storm, you're going to be happy with uh, the bonus points every week. Weird one with Wishart named on the wing and Grant Anderson at 14. We all thought Anderson was out for the year, but um, I would dare say if Anderson's fit enough to play, he might slot onto the wing uh, with Wishart to the 14 or, you know, some other arrangement there. It's hard to see Wishart starting on the wing, isn't it, Tim? Yeah, it is, because I'm a Wishart owner and I was watching him last week and I particularly had a moment where I was like, ah, oh, he looks so out of place. And I remember I, I used to play rugby league as a kid. I stopped about under 15s. That's because the coach put me on the wing. I felt out of place there. I used to play hooker, and because I started to get crap, they put me on the wing. So, But I, I did it was worse on the wing because I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know the timing. And it, just, it just didn't look right for him. Old man was a winger, but, yeah, he, he seems more suited to the hooker, halfback sort of style of role for me. He seems like he's, a, he's a, just a footballer he can play anywhere, but... Yeah, it did look out of place. He looked out. Did you feel like you looked a bit out of whack there? Yeah, I mean, just like your old man was a winger, you know, Wishart's dad was pretty handy on the wing, but um, I don't think uh, that's his natural position. So it might be Bellamy playing Ducks and Drakes there and anticipate a change uh, an hour before kickoff. Mm, I think that's what's going on. Yeah, Bulldogs tightened. Bulldogs hugely impressive, even though they eventually uh, capitulated last week. They're 1-17. And for the Titans, Tino, as expected, starts at lock and, and Jaden Campbell comes on to the interchange. Not a lot doing there. Otherwise, Will uh, Fafida didn't seem to do a powerful lot on his way to 75. Yeah, he certainly looked like he was struggling like just 20 minutes in. And I think a lot of us were wondering if he was going to last 80 minutes. But to his credit, he toughed it out and obviously got through more work than we expected. So I think, you know, if you, if you brought him in last week, you wouldn't have been upset. Even if he scored 60, I think you'd be all right. If 60 is his base and then we know he's got that upside. Yeah, I definitely think he's... Uh, a great target, and if he's going to continue playing 80 minutes like he did, uh, yeah, it's hard to argue with that for sure. All right, Tigers-Cowboys, just to round out the teams for the week, all the Origin guys back as we discussed for the Cowboys and Lucy at prop, as Tim mentioned. Bit of a weird one. I guess that just means, you know, Tamalolo plays lock. Lucy might have a little bit more of a roping role in a, in a more traditional 13 role. Um, Tigers... We've talked about that weird kind of triangle with Hastings, Brooks and Dwayne. And I guess, I don't know, is Brent Naden coming back? Any kind of news, Will? If, if, if that's the, the best, best news that you're getting, uh, yeah, I think you've got bigger issues than Brent Naden, basically. I'm doing my best. Yeah, so, all right, guys, those are the game previews for the week. Let's move on to our Swish Supercoach Star of the Week. If you are what you say you are, a superstar Alright, so it's pretty clear cut last week. Joey Manu, 191. What a performance that was. And quite a few people saw it coming because there were a fair few guesses of Manu. But congrats go to Andrew Tilly, who guessed 147, which was the closest score. So I think he did better than Manu did better than most people expected. But yeah, congratulations to Andrew. You can slide into our DMs. We'll hook you up with that $50 Swish voucher. 
All you get to do into each week is make sure you're following, firstly, the uh, Supercoach Champions Twitter account. As soon as it, you see the tweet each week, you just got to reply to that tweet with the player you predict to top score for the round and obviously your predicted score as well. The closest guess each week will pick up that $50 Swish voucher. Uh, more importantly, though, I have managed to outfox both of you guys and get another get another point to the running tally. So I'm a clear leader on eight. Tim, you're still at seven. Only, only six points between the three of us. Usually one of us uh, develops a, a cork in the glute uh, with our picks um, during the week, but I think we all did moderately well. Yeah, so it was a, certainly a, a very close one, but Cam Munster came through for me with his 81. Tim, your late guess of Cody was was uh, pretty solid. Maybe you could argue a little bit unlucky he didn't pick up one of the potential tri-assists that uh, I think a lot of people wanted him to get instead of uh, Latrell Mitchell. But, yeah, that, that's what happens. Dave Feeder could have been a lot worse, Joe, but eventually nice upgrades get him pretty close as well. But you did come third, so who are you picking for this week, Joe? I'm going to follow your uh, logic from the Crunching the Numbers segment last week talking about anyone playing the Dragons, and I think Ruben Garrick's on fire. Scoring what he did, you know, easy ton up without the goal kicking. I believe he's getting that back this week. So I'm going to tip a Ruben Garrick for 136 against the Dragons. How are you uh, positioned, Tim? Who's catching your eye? Uh, I've been a bit creative lately. I mean, Simonson was my guest two weeks ago, and I just want to get some points on the board. So I'm just going to be conservative and go with Tedesco. What do you reckon he's scoring? Well, the first number that came to mind, and I think that's not because it was something that came to my mind was 131, but that's the price they're paying for the Knights is $1.31. So um, I'm going to say Teddy will score 131. All right. 131 it is. And I know you've been very kind to leave me the likes of Nathan Cleary and you know a few other guys, but I think, yeah, it's a little bit too easy for that one. You can go a little bit left field. I'm actually going to go with my potential trade in this week, and that's Val Holmes for 119. So, yeah. Not bad. Um, we do have to thank Swish for sponsoring this segment. They are changing the way fans interact with athletes. So they've got over a 1,000 athletes across Australia and New Zealand. They're almost at 300 NRL stars. That's past and present. So you can even get like Paul Gallen, Corey Parker, some super coach and mortality there on top of the current likes of your James Tedesco's, Nathan Cleary's and so on. I probably can't get Ryan Pappenhausen at the moment because he's probably getting surgery and whatnot, but... Yeah, get the other guys who are fit and healthy. 20% of all proceeds are donated between Starlight and Variety, who are both children's charities. It's real simple. Jump on heyswish.com. That's H-E-Y-S-W-Y-S-H.com. Just navigate to the athlete that you want. Pick uh, your Leave the instructions on what you want them to do, whether it's a birthday message or a, a bit of super coach banter, or trash talking, or even just a get well soon type message. They're real simple. And again, still yet to see anyone who doesn't like their Swish shout out from the athletes. So promo code CHAMP, C-H-A-M-P, you get 10% off. So those are our Swish Supercoach star predictions for this week. Let's jump over and get a quick update from our group comp sponsored by our friends at Tyler Maid, who stand for excellence in wall and floor tiles. So firstly, Tim, you're actually coming fourth in our whole group now with you being 21st. So well done. Thank you very much. It's three people ahead of you though. Uh, I do have to say, like, I don't know, if you come first do you, in our group, do we still give you the 500 bucks? I don't know. Is that, do you disqualify yourself from that? Look, <laughs> if, if, I, if I make 50 grand from it, 100%, I'll disqualify myself from that. Uh, look, I'm, look, 
I earn 50 grand a year. I'm a pretty, you know, I'm a, I'm a battler. So maybe I'll just go with the bloke that comes second halves. So how's that sound? That's, Look, that's I'm already in fourth so far. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I put you on the spot there. Look, you did put me on the spot. Rob, who's the coach of Let's Go Brandon, is still pacing the group. He's down to fifth at the moment, but real, real close still. Troy, the coach of Roosters Back, who led for a lot of a year, dropped down a little bit to 12th overall. And third right now is Shane, coach of Gillies Crew, in 13th. And as I said, Tim, you're fourth and 21st. So we've got 500 bucks up, courtesy of Tyler Maid for Rob at the moment, who's uh, in first and the second prize right now. We have a $200 voucher courtesy of us, and you can use that at nrshop.com. So we thank the team at Tyler Maid for their generosity. They've donated our grand prize of 500 buckaroos. Tyler Maid is a family-owned and run business from Brisbane. They've got a team of tile specialists who pride themselves on their honest pricing and no hidden fees and premium customer service. They will take good care of you in person, or you can buy online at www.tylermade.com.au and they'll arrange delivery to anywhere in Australia if needed. So if you are thinking about some new tools, tiles, or anything in between, contact the team at Tylermade. Make sure you let them know that you heard about them through the Supercoach Champions podcast. So uh, round 19 uh, coming up. That's only six weeks to go. Can you believe that? Mm, I know. I know. It's... Um... Yeah, it crept up pretty quick, right? I mean, Supercoach is one of those things where it feels like it either takes forever or, you know, happens in the blink of an eye and not much in between. So, yeah, this is definitely the pointy end of the year. Definitely. And how do you feel, Tim? Obviously, you're... you're... I feel like I'm still stuck in my head because of a comment I made previously, so I just want to clarify that. You know, I said that I made 50K a year. I'm not referring to winning Supercoach every single year. (laughs) That's my day job, so... I just wanted to clarify that in case anyone thought that I was that cocky that I think that I'd make $50,000 every year because I'm that good from Super yeah, yeah. So I just thought I'd clarify that. Now I can get out of my head and get back into the game. All good. All right, guys. Uh, looking forward to the week ahead. May we all get 1500s uh, again, and we'll see you next week. Catches. Catches.